reading from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son of God, up from the Father, full of grace and truth. On this Christmas Day 2011, we have the joy, the real joy of meeting together to celebrate together as a church family, the birth of Jesus Christ. Above all the great things that we get to experience as individuals, as families, as a church body, the all-consuming, supreme glorious blessing that we get to celebrate today is that earthly birth of Jesus. It does not matter if by omission or by commission we may choose to focus on other things today other than his birth. It does not matter if the rest of the world may forget what today is for, but the eternal truth remains the same. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. No doubt today, many of us have given gifts, and many of us have received gifts. Many of the young people may be saying, hurry up, man, the gifts are at home. Or here, if we hear electronic beeps, it's all right. It's part of the tradition of Christmas here on earth. You may have heard it said before, but again, the truth is eternal. The greatest gift that anyone has ever been given by anyone is the gift that God gave to the world, the gift of his son. As we have just seen in the video, once sin and death polluted the world, there was only one hope, one hope for the world for all time. Now here in the first chapter of the book of John, especially in verses 10 through 12, we see that Jesus was the word referenced in the early part of the chapter. Jesus was the light that gave light to the world. Yet we see that Jesus came unto his own creation, those who had been created by him, and they did not receive him. They did not know him. The gift of Jesus as the only Savior for the world, the only hope for the world was given, but many in the world did not know him. And by not knowing him, they did not receive him, and by not receiving him, they did not believe in him. And these are some of the saddest words that we can say today. Some of the saddest words ever spoken. For in that unbelief is a hopelessness. 
and a commitment, perhaps you might say, a commitment to the slavery and the bondage of sin. But for those who do receive Christ and believe in his name that he is Savior, our text says he gave the right to become the children of God, to become the children of God. Have you ever stopped to consider that Jesus was adopted? Jesus was adopted here on earth. Jesus had a mother, Mary, who gave birth to him, but he had no father here on earth. Mary's husband, Joseph, adopted Jesus. In other words, Joseph gave to Jesus the right to be one of his children. But what does that mean? What does that mean at that time? What does that mean in our time for a child to be adopted into a family? It means full rights, just like the other children in the family. An adopted child has the right to receive the name of that family, the care and love and support of that family. To belong to a family is a great and momentous thing. There's a there's a, ter- a term that adoption advocates and adoptive families use, and that's a, a forever family, not just a foster family, but a forever family. To be adopted means that you receive the inheritance as a child in that family. Parents, look at it from your perspective. To adopt a child means to give that child the unconditional love of a parent that differs not one bit from a biological child. Jesus experienced adoption when he was born on earth. He was adopted by Joseph. But God also extends this adoption picture because it says so much to us. In John 1.12 that we just read, it says, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Galatians 4, 4-7 through 7 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So I asked you, what does it mean to become adopted here on earth? Now I said, what does it mean to be adopted as a child of God? Full rights. The comfort the comfort of belonging to your father. The becoming of an heir of all that God owns. After the end of time, everything that exists will be yours. God will draw you unto himself eternally. You will be reconciled forever with the father. It is the end of your state of being fatherless and being an orphan. Changed to a relationship of Abba, Father. It's not a test drive or a temporary assignment with a foster family. It's a permanent legal standing. It's not like the literary character Anne Shirley in Anne of Green Gables. She went to live with this family, and I haven't read the book, but by dyeing her hair green, by breaking a slate over the head of a boy who no doubt deserved it, she put at risk that relationship she had with her foster family. But adoption is not like that. And being adopted by God, our Heavenly Father, is definitely not like that. It's not a trial basis, not something that we can break on our own. 
But there is also a sad truth that not everyone, not everyone in the world is adopted. Not everyone becomes a child of God. John 1 says there are those who do not know, who do not receive, who do not believe in this light that has been given to us. And those people remain slaves to sin. And sadly, those people who are not children of God will not have eternal life, will not have that eternal inheritance. Judgment awaits. And after the resurrection, it's too late for adoption proceedings to begin. The test of who your father is, who your true father is, whether you've been adopted, the test is whether you love his son. In John chapter 8 and verse 42, it says, If God were your father, this is Jesus speaking, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. If you are a child of God, you will love his son. But it's not just a matter of saying, I want to be a child of God. I want to be adopted. I'm going to start calling myself God's child. I'm going to take on that name. I'm going to get that inheritance of eternal life. I may not have a personal relationship with this God, but I'm going to acknowledge that he exists and that there's he's someone important that I need to know. No, to be truly born, to be truly adopted and given the rights as a son of God, John says that our birth is not by blood, not by the will of flesh, not by the will of man. What that means, it's not a matter of physical birth, like we're all born into this earthly world. It's not, that's not how you can become God's child. It's not a matter of even your own will, of you deciding in your heart that you want to make yourself worthy enough to be adopted, to be a God's child. It's not even a matter of someone else by their will, by their word, saying you're a child. Someone else can't make you a child of God. Someone can't say you're born into this family and therefore you're a child of God. You go to this church and that's why you're a child of God. You're a good person and that's why you're a child of God. You can't get it that way. You must be born into God's family as an individual created by God. To be born in God's family takes an act of God. For me to be born into this world, it wasn't by my choice and wasn't by my plan. I didn't say, I would like to be like 1.2 billion other people and be Chinese because there's not enough of us on the earth. I didn't say I wanted to be born in July of 1969, just after the guys walked on the moon for the first time. I want to be born in New York State. That's ridiculous. I didn't choose that. To be born into God's own family is not of your own will and of your own planning or your choosing. It's no less ridiculous than for me to have planned my birth. But for you who are not yet in God's family, God is not willing that any should die and perish, but that all should come to him in repentance. The right to become a child in God's family, to become an heir to the gifts, to become an heir to the divine inheritance, that, that right comes from God, and he is calling you today. His spirit is working within your heart, calling you to repentance. Children, young people, adults, older adults, your standing in God's family is not by your act of will, nor is it by the act of someone else. It's by God's will alone. You know how sometimes we can go on a trip. Um, you probably don't remember this, but when you're under two years old, you could fly with your parents for free. You didn't have to buy a ticket. Um, they could, if they chose to, sit you on their lap for five hours and fly with you. 
sometimes we can go to a basketball game or somewhere where you have to buy tickets, and because you're part of the family, if you're under a certain age, you can go for free. Or maybe you can eat for free in a restaurant because your parents are there. Being part of God's family is an individual standing before God. Each person, each person in this room must repent of the sin, that red stain that we saw in the video that ruined God's creation. We must repent of the sin in our own lives, and we must believe that this gift of Jesus given to us so many years ago, this gift of Jesus has come to take our penalty, our punishment for our sin, the punishment that we deserve, and that his death in our place is enough to satisfy our holy God, creator of all that is and creator of us. You can have two responses today after seeing this video and hearing me speak briefly from this chapter in John 1. Two responses. I've told you that Jesus came, but many in this world did not know him. They did not receive him. They did not believe in him. That is one response you can have. You can say, I do not know him and I do not receive him. That is a very serious and frightening thing to say. That is a statement that has very serious implications and meaning to say that about your creator, the one who created you, your life, your light. If I can ask one thing today, please do not say that lightly if you choose to respond in that way. I do not know him. I do not receive him. The other response is I know him and I receive him. I receive him as the word that became flesh. I receive him as my Lord and Savior and King and God and light and life and word and creator. This light goes out into the world, seeking in the caves and the darkness of, of this world, looking for the slaves that are hiding in these dark places. This light is saying, I want to adopt you. If you will receive me as your substitute and your treasure and your God, my death will count as righteousness for you. Your sin will be paid for, and you will, as the child of God, inherit eternal life. You have two responses to choose from today. And what is your response? John 1.14 And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth.